Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Look around you. That car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, welcome to DC On Screen. I'm David C. Robertson. Last week we uh, talked about a whole bunch of movies, DC movies, that never happened. They were, for a time, being written or planned, and for whatever reason they got the axe. It was part one of DC movies that never happened. So we talked about movies like the Bill Murray, Ivan Reitman Batman movie that was penned by uh, Tom Mankiewicz. Uh, we, we talked about uh, Tim Burton's Batman Forever, a ton of Joel Schumacher proposals, and there was even a Joss Whedon Batman film. Anyone who's seen the Avengers or, or, or is a Firefly fan or a Buffy fan, y'all, we'd, we'd kill to see that, right? Go check out that episode. We talk about a whole bunch more. This week, Jason and I talk about Wolfgang Peterson's Batman vs. Superman, George Miller's Justice League Mortal. Again, Joss Whedon he did a Wonder Woman movie, and we talk about it. And honestly, more Superman sequels and reboots than you could shake an oddly phallic Kryptonian crystal at. Why were those shaped that way? Anyway, enjoy part two of DC movies that never happened. Wolfgang Peterson. Mm-hmm. This was a, a movie that was going to be Batman versus Superman. Um, to me, this Wolfgang. is where, as far as the movies that are being produced, we've completely turned a corner, right? We we started trying to not know if it was camp or not. We're almost It's almost people that had just watched Adam West. And now we're back to, or we went through the stage where people are just, we're just all trying to recover from Chris O'Donnell. And we get all the way back now. Now we're making real movies again. Now we're back to, hey, you remember how, you remember how he's called The Dark Knight? What if we did some stuff of that? Yeah. Chris O'Donnell, let's let's mention the least egregious thing about it, either of those movies. Anyway, well, it's the one thing that's that stands out. And it, least egregious is oh well, my no 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 no. Uh, don't no, let by, me get you the sucked in, least man. egregious could not possibly be applied to Chris O'Donnell appearing in those films. He's older than Clooney. He looks like he could buy Clooney beer, and, and uh, no no. Oh, All right. Man. Good. Anyway, so Wolfgang Peterson's Batman versus Superman. The villains, Lex Luthor and the Joker. The screenwriters, Andrew Kevin Walker and Akiva Goldsman. Who appear movie, to have done a really good job. The movie begins with Bruce Wayne getting married. He's been retired for five years. His wife knows nothing about his past as Batman, but on their honeymoon, his wife is killed. And all signs point to the, to the Joker, who Batman thought was dead, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Batman comes back. Meanwhile, Lois has left Clark. Uh, Clark stops a big opening terror, uh, a big terrorist attack in the opening of the film, and then serves as Bruce's best man at the wedding before going back to Smallville and rekindling a relationship with Lana Lang. Batman's going crazy trying to find the Joker, and it's eventually revealed that Luther and the Joker have teamed up. And Joker, it turns out, actually handpicked Bruce's wife and molded her into a woman Bruce would fall in love with and give up the cowl for. Mm-hmm. So. Somehow, in the course of the film, Luther and Joker manage to get Batman and Superman to turn against each other. Batman has a kryptonite suit of armor, and the two fight for a while, and then, you know, rekindle their bromance in time to stop Luther and Joker. There's apparently a bit where Batman is about to kill the Joker, and Superman tells him he'll stand by his by Batman's decision as long as he takes off his mask. The dialogue from Superman to Batman reads, Don't hide behind it. Don't pretend there's some other part of you doing this. This is your right as a human being, your retribution. So do this as a man, or as the man who's going to live with it for the rest of his life. Take off the mask. And Batman spares the Joker. If that's the tone of the movie they wanted to write, oh, this is a loss. This is a great right? loss. Now, I'm not, I'm not big on the Batman being retired for five years. 
No, everything I, else sounds any, pretty good. Any version of something where Batman quits is immediately going to pull pull me out of it for a second. That but takes points off. It does. It takes points off. Um, there is no version. You know, fuck Rachel Dolls. It, that's we can sum up that argument as fuck Rachel Dolls, right? Mm-hmm. And here we have a version of it, but I, you know, the rest of it just looks like it gets onto such a good track so quickly. I, I I'm okay with it. Yeah. It takes points off. It doesn't disqualify you. Yeah. Apparently, but, um. And Sam yeah, Dickerson, the head of the Peterson's production company, said, uh, let's write this as if we want this to be a movie that gets considered for an Academy Award. It's not supposed to be some kind of disposable pop culture. We wanted to take the character seriously. I, I can't disagree with that. Nope. That would have nope, been really nope, cool. Nope. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the bat retiring, that would have been weird for me. But It looks like they were going to take care of that in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I mean, if he hasn't done it in five years, I mean, that's going to be a rough ride trying to come back. And I would have, I would have probably had problems if they didn't kind of explain why Batman's not just like really off his game. <laughs> uh, you know, it's easy enough. You can set him up with uh, some sort of hobby that happens to keep him in extremely good shape. Like he's a mountain climber now or something in his in his spare time. Right. So he has to actually be in good shape. So when he gets back, yeah, in maybe Batman, he still trains too far. All right. Like we can get out right, of that, that one. That brings us over to George Miller's. Justice League Mortal. Um, so this happened in 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ordered a script for a super uh, for a Justice League movie. Um, Kieran and Michelle Mulroney, uh, who wrote Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows, were writing. Not and a George good citation. M- and <laughs> I know. And George Miller of Mad Max, Babe and Happy Feet, was going to direct. <laughs> Anyone that you can put that list together for. Yeah, you know what. I, I I I give it to him. Mad Max, Babe, and Happy Feet. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what that means, but I'm I don't intrigued. know where to categorize I'm damn that person. Um, Does, so this, is that possible? <laughs> they were talking about Money doing this grubber. as they were they were talking about doing this as sort of like the um, what was that the the Beowulf movie? Yeah, the motion capture stuff, which looked awful to me, and I was glad they didn't wind up doing this movie yeah. if for no other reason that we don't have to see a motion capture Final Fantasy Justice League on the big screen. Right, right. Um, but uh, the cast was actually pretty inspired in places. Arnie Hammer as Bruce Wayne, mm, uh, Batman. Uh, DJ Katrona as Clark Kent, Superman. Adam mm-hmm. Brody as The Flash. Megan Gale as Wonder Woman. Um, but there were a bunch of script problems. Uh Apparently, shooting location disagreements. Uh, there, there were lots of, of of big problems. They kept kind of going back and forth on the script, and it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back until it was shut down in 2010. Which we all know what was happening. Green Lantern, right? Now, Ryan and, Reynolds. Yeah, and I'm still. Uh, one day I'll spend more time talking about how much I mourn the fact that that didn't work. But th- this is where you hit a critical turning point for um, for DC or WB, where they they look at Marvel and kind of realize, oh, that's that's the ticket. Right. So we're not going to do the Justice League and then try to spin off five movies from it. No. Because mm-hmm. if you don't like a character, you may not show up for Thor. Um, but what you will do is if I show you all of these characters and promise you that the Avengers is coming, you will watch. Mm-hmm. Now what's interesting the dreams is... My ass. This is this has been a weird thing for DC in general because this is 2007 they ordered the script they didn't shut it down until 2010. Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight trilogy wasn't even completed. Mm-hmm. They were willing to recast Bruce Wayne and just or have a included. separate little universe. Yeah, they just they just wanted to have a separate Justice League universe there for a minute outside of the outside of the Batman Begins universe. Mm-hmm. This uh, this is still a problem with these guys. Well, they probably. I mean, they had to have somebody else in in mind because Bell was going back and forth on whether he wanted to do them and how long he wanted to do them. And he flipped. I mean, Bell has there was some waffling. Bell has always been against doing Justice League, Alien stuff, Robin, yeah, anything that wasn't just the absolute epitome of dour was the only like everything outside of that was just off limits for bail like he was like no we're not doing anything that's and i gotta admit for for the bail he fantastic was, for, the, the, for the batman he was doing um you know some of that would have been a bad call robin for instance I, I i don't know a version of robin that i thought would have fit in the dark knight trilogy anywhere including the one we saw we'll get into that at some point <laughs> <laughs> all right so back once to joss again, whedon we're back to joss whedon Joss Whedon us, Josh. Was, us. was going to write and direct a Wonder Woman movie. Um, 
he got uh, between two and three million dollars for the role of writer director. Mm-hmm. And Reedens, uh, we Whedon started uh, writing the writing the script. Um, it was apparently going to be an origin story about uh, Steve Trevor plane crashing onto Themyscira, and then it would eventually move over into Man's World. Whedon said that he was reluctant to cast from an unfinished script, but Warner Brothers kept wanting him to announce somebody. So they could go um, ahead and start printing off toys. Well, yeah. yeah. They were trying and, to talk to the Barbie people about whether they could make a Wonder Woman to Barbie. And then eventually, according to Whedon, he turned in an outline in 2007, and they didn't care for it. He says, um, besides Wonder Woman's great origin story, there's nothing from the comics that felt right 100%. No iconic canon story that must be told. Batman has it made. He's got the greatest rogues gallery ever. He's got Gotham City. The Bat writes himself. With Wonder Woman, you're writing from whole cloth, but trying to make it feel like you didn't. To make it feel like it's existed for 60 years, even though you're making it up as you go along. But who she, <clears throat> but who she, and what the movie is about thematically has never been a problem for me. But the steps along the way, it could be so easy for them to feel wrong. I won't settle. She wouldn't let me settle. And so he settled on doing the Avengers. They part, yeah. They parted ways. Yeah. Uh, and um, this is now, and uh, this is twice now that the WB has failed to get it up for Joss Whedon doing Batman and Wonder Woman. Um, <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> I mean, how many ways can you screw a thing up? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, it's twice, man. This is twice. Uh, this is. I know. And they didn't, they didn't know. Maybe they didn't know. And you got to wonder if we don't ever, if ever consider going over and helping them out with these movies now, because you know they kind of shut. And he was, it, he was having what looks like a particularly poor run of success there for a second. I'll grant him that, because you know, mm-hmm. Firefly dies. He's rapping Serenity when he's about the time he starts to try to do Wonder Woman. Um, right. And Serenity did a lot Serenity, better than people thought Serenity it would do, dies. But, but yeah, he's trying to close the book on a property that was canceled way before its time, and mm-hmm. trying to open up this new this new catalog of possibilities. And they just they just keep slamming the the book on his hand. At, no, no. Now the day before Whedon uh, <laughs> departed from the the property, Warner Brothers and Silver Pictures. Bought a spec script mm-hmm. from a couple of cats named Matthew Jennison and Brent Strickland. Their 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 version of it saw Wonder Woman in World War II. It was a period piece. Warner Brothers did not like a period piece. They wanted it in a modern setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that Joel Silver he did he he admitted that he just bought the script to keep it off the market and to stop the rights from reverting to anybody else. And so, for anyone who hasn't caught on to that's how this shit works, well. That's how this shit works. Yeah. You, you make terrible movies sometimes just to keep the property and to keep the rights. Because otherwise right. they'll expire on you. And it, it, It's a use it or lose it kind of uh, contract a lot of the time. It, the best example ever, possibly ever, and still going, is that um, Fantastic Four film that came out. Yeah. I don't even remember the title of it. I, I think I someone, someone dropped about $100,000 on a Fantastic Four movie. Guess what that gets you? I don't remember. I don't remember the specifics of it, but uh, Matt Carroll, the from the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, was telling me um, he actually had a plan a couple of years ago. I think it was. I think this was the the plan. We sit down. We write really good spec scripts that no that no one will ever actually use, Mm -hmm. and just sell them to producers or to executives to keep uh, so that they'll buy them up, pay us handsomely. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> no, you, <laughs> it you doesn't matter like that we never you get about 120 grand for that script still. Yeah, for the final everything version of that, you want to do. You can make six digits off that. That's a fine living. Do Once everything a year, you, you want to get that done. Make it amazing. <laughs> Cuz they'll be, never use it. And these are the cats you can run into at a uh, at a at an LA bar somewhere and go, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" "Oh, I'm a screenwriter. I'm a screenwriter." Uh, man, and you know, you you're looking at his watch going, "Dude, what have you been involved with?" "Oh, you've never seen anything I wrote." Yeah. Okay. Now, clearly, I've been involved in a lot of trash cans. That's what I've been involved with. Some of the uh do you, do you actually remember do you or do you There's a there's a great bit from the critic, the old John Lovitz cartoon where he, he writes the script and turns it in. And 
they tell they're telling him the guys telling him like oh yeah it was great it was great he's like oh cool when's it going to go into production and they're like oh no sweetie no the good scripts don't go into production and he like brings up this glass case from the floor and he's like this is where i keep all the scripts that are too good to be made to movies and he's just picking up <laughs> scripts and naming them off. And he's like, Revenge of the Nerds 5. Oh, how did you get in there? <laughs> and he goes over to the phone. He's like, yeah, I've got a script. We need to put it into production immediately. <laughs> that sounds right. Anyway, uh, obviously, uh, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie um, was supposed to have sequels. There it was supposed was- to work. <laughs> In some cases, it Why did. Why didn't it work? It, well, poor marketing and constant re-edits. That is exactly what happened. Yeah, the constant re-edits will get you every time. Now, the marketing I mean, Sparamon because they were like, it's Green Lantern. We got Ryan Reynolds. We're done here, right? We're good? Okay, I'm going home. Right. They checked there out on shots. Wednesday afternoon to have a five-day weekend. There were sequences in that movie where I was looking at it and going, oh my God, this has been edited to hell and back. They didn't have the shot they wanted. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what to do with it. And I they can ran out of money to, to go CGI it into a shot they wanted. Anywho, uh, there were Another apparently day. going to be at least two more sequels um, in, involving the uh, the yellow power ring that we saw teased at the end of that with Sinestro, which, by mm-hmm. the way, most of that movie was done really well. So, screw, screw WB. I mean, <laughs> screw them. I don't care they didn't make his money Whoever back. Whoever didn't him. spend enough money. I don't know. I watched it in a theater. I spent my money. I did my part for King and Country. <laughs> We're going to support jump on. you, Ryan. We're going to. Well, he, he will support you, too, in the upcoming Deadpool movie. Bless his heart. Which has nothing to do with DC. And yet, come on. So, we're all going to go watch it, right? Yeah. You can have hey, a favorite. Me, uh, it doesn't mean you, you don't like the other kid, too. Yeah. All right. On to Superman 5. Superman 5. <laughs> Now, this is jumping back into like the, the early 90s. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, had come out. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Uh, it, the Salkines actually owned uh, the property at that point, not Warner Brothers. Superman 5 was uh, apparently going to star Christopher Reeve. Um, there was the, they were going to do the Death of, story, of, the death of Superman storyline. And um, Alexander Salkind says... That the script was frankly the best one since Superman two or three, which isn't saying a lot. No, but he it says, is at least acknowledging that it wasn't like four. Yeah, it was Brainiac and the City of Candor encapsulated. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I could have dealt with a final Christopher Reeve movie if it was a notch more towards Superman two, but obviously we didn't get that. Um, yeah. Now it was it was probably. This was this probably took place like a maybe a year maybe before Chris Reeve actually had his accident, so he would have had it time to actually destined was, for failure. Yeah, what's interesting though is if if they had thrown this into production, if they had actually done it, he probably would have been too busy filming Superman to actually get in the accident. I don't know. It was a hobby. He might have found time anyway. Maybe. We'll never know. And th- there were rumors for years after that they were going to find a way to, to, to digitally put his face on a Superman. But, I mean, we still don't even have really good technology with that. Uh, no, I mean, it's getting no. there, but... No, no. Go find the clip of Terminator here recently. <laughs> right, right. We're not there well, yet. Well, apparently we are, because they, they did 3D mapping in uh, Hunger Games, and they're gonna a bunch of the, the Philip Seymour Hoffman scenes in the last movie are going to be done that way. Oh, good. Because well, he didn't he didn't get a lot of his stuff done, but no, he didn't even get close. I was wondering. Then we get to super. Then we get to Superman Reborn. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which after wasn't. the death of, yeah, after the death of Superman storyline, Warner Brothers bought back the rights from the Salcons because I mean, who needs that shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, this was apparently a kid friendly reboot with lots of toy based possibilities. Mm, they cool. wanted lots of toys. It was going to be Brainiac, Doomsday, Parasite, and Silver Banshee as the villains. Because and, WB uh, got this back and immediately forgot all of the lessons Schumacher had taught them. Well, I mean, this was this was before the Schumacher debacle. They were actually looking to this oh, was wait, what, like when was this? This would be uh before. This would be probably 95. 94, 95? I mean, Smith was brought in to rewrite. It's got to be late 90s at least. Yeah, no, but it was like 97 around the Superman Lives time because they were really wanting to do Superman as a uh, as a companion piece to their Batman films. But when uh, Batman and Robin 
flopped so magnificently at the box office. A lot right. of the, a lot of the Superman projects and all the, a lot of the superhero projects died so for a while. Just got popped right in the middle of all that madness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're let's be completely clear here. Batman and Robin nearly killed this industry mm-hmm. in its infancy. Yeah, that it's, it's amazing, well, infancy. You, you say infancy, I say toddlerism. Yeah, <laughs> toddlerism might be more fair. Um, I just wanted to say toddlerism. You just want to work <laughs> that into the language somehow. I did. I did. <sighs> um, fair enough. But yeah, so this would have been about probably ninety five. Um, we know they ha- we know that uh, well, like Kevin Smith had already released Clerks and Mallrats by this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was probably about ninety five. Well, he 96. released Mallrats, and someone saw Mallrats because they were already an industry insider, and they knew about Clerks and knew about this new mm-hmm. up and coming guy. And they saw him and knew th- and and realized he had referenced the characters, so they just start throwing money at him. Yeah, yeah. And you Smith understand has said himself, this. he. He clearly, he, he didn't actually want to take a swing at anything. Like, they kept asking him to write these things, and Smith mm-hmm. kept telling him, like, you realize these guys over here write this for a living, right? You know, that, right. They're doing great stuff. Like, why, do, why don't you talk to, I mean, go, have you talked to Frank Miller? Um, and they were like, these, these are, those are the comic book guys. Right. We they, don't, they we don't, they don't deal with us. Now yeah, we're in that it, same area, but it's different now. It's slightly, because it, now WB's... They for all they should be taking from some of the stuff on television that's working out well for them and making them money, mm-hmm. but that's still their mentality is oh those are the TV guys they don't know how to do a feature film. Well, the mainstream menta- mentality is that you know, oh well this has got to be better because this is real. That's how people think this is real, right? And I'm thinking I'm saying that none of it is real. <laughs> there are still actors playing the parts. <laughs> I don't just because something is animated doesn't mean I mean I don't. Having a, a actual human face to look at does it change the story? Oh, okay, never mind. So yeah. Kevin Smith was brought in to rewrite, as Jason said, and um, he described the Superman Reborn script like the Batman TV show version of a Superman movie. Very campy. Sounds so. Of course, terrible. That brings us to Kevin Smith's Superman Lives. Um, he wrote the script. They offered him the job, and he wrote the hell out of the script. And but with the you're caveat, you're going to say yes eventually to that. You just don't are mean, sure. But yeah. there was a caveat that Warner's could make whatever changes they wanted. Uh, those changes are well documented in an evening with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and this begins the Superman funnily lives. documented as well. This is is essentially the beginning of the Superman Lives uh, debacle. That can be, de- it has been discussed in a movie they just put out as a, um, someone just put out a movie on this. Um, it was called, it's called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. It has been released already. It was released on July 9th or July 8th. Um, yeah, but it is it has been released. Yeah, it has been released. I, I plan to watch it. Apparently, um, we've been very wrong about a lot of the stuff that was in this movie. Um, over the course of, of many years, because so much stuff has not been released, and now with this documentary, a lot of people are saying this could have actually been a pretty badass Superman. I, I can't speak to that, but uh, Kevin Smith has talked about how I'm John Peters... I'm willing to listen to it as a as a possible idea, it, just mm-hmm. on the on the basis that Kevin Smith does actually love this character. And he yeah. he, he can write. It's not yeah. not a matter of that, and he he himself makes fun of how he writes action because he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It it's I'm willing to to listen, but man, you look at some of the stuff that's that's on this, <laughs> some of the changes and how how was the yeah. John Peters um, thing? Yeah, John Peters. He I mean this well documented in in uh, an evening with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find that clip on YouTube. But um, John Peters didn't want any flying. He didn't want ba- uh, a Superman to fly. He didn't want the the red and blue costume, and he wanted a giant spider in the third act. Um, so and the script is, has no this is origin some sort story. of uh, compulsion that John Peters has as a human being. Uh-huh. The giant spider in the third act. It's I don't know I don't know what it is. Maybe he's got a little a tiny little Marlon Wayans demon. Oh, they certainly do because Warner Brothers. Wanted a sassy gay R two D two like robot, an they alien pulled, space they dog. Every word that was trending for that. Yeah, they an alien space dog that for, to be marketed to children right. and Superman or Brainiac, one or the other, fighting polar bears. They really uh, this is this is early days of the internet, so I don't know where you find a trending list. 
but they found it. <laughs> and they, they just used, they used glommed to all to the it. words together <clears throat> until they made what, what seemed like a, a reasonable topic, or at least a subject and verb, finally. No. Alien space now, dog. Superman yeah. fighting a polar bear. Although he has heat vision, so I guess he is technically fighting those polar bears the whole time. No. No, there was no origin story. Superman and Clark Kent are uh, are a known part commodity. of the status quo. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and Superman and Lois are in a relationship, and apparently in Smith's script, they actually play with that a little bit. Um, there's actually a reveal that they that they are in a relationship. They, I believe, they play upon the old uh, the old dynamic of like, oh, Clark, I wish Superman was here. Ha 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 ha. Anyway, right. so the. Uh, I'm the sure script he's doing has a couple been, of decent jokes about that. The script has been leaked online. It is so many places. You can have this script on I'll put up a link. But you can find it, you can download it, you can read it. You can read what could have been Kevin Smith's take of Superman Lives. Which and brings I, us I haven't tried the documentary, I intend to watch it, but I am gonna go back and yeah. read that script front to back before I watch that movie or the documentary. Yeah, yeah. Now Tim Burton was brought in. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to Tim Burton's Superman Lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burton came in, brought a couple of his own writers. Um, it was rewritten a few times, from what I understand. Um, they kept Kevin Smith's Dan- Thanagarian snare beast, mm-hmm. which was the giant spider. They added a Plutonian claw beast as well. Doubling down. Yeah. and But they changed, <laughs> they, they stripped out all of Smith's dialogue, which is. Probably His, the best that, part he had in there. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> but Burton's take would have seen a 30-something semi-retired Superman played by Nicolas Cage, who, for some reason, knew nothing about his Kryptonian heritage. Brainiac, mm-hmm. which apparently was going to be played by Christopher Walken. There's actual... Uh, apparently this movie unveils concept art for Christopher Walken as Brainiac, which I'm not against. That would have been cool. No, that could work. Um he shows up, teams up with Lex Luthor, remembered to be Jack Nicholson, to find a piece of technology Jor-El sent to Earth called K, which would protect Superman and bring him back to life if need be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brainiac and Luthor block out the sun, unleash Doomsday on Superman, and they fight to the death. Uh, so the K, or the Eradicator, which is a suit here, brings Superman back, but Superman doesn't have his powers, so the suit acts as his powers until Superman regains them. Brainiac and Luther merge into some kind of super evil creature, and the K suit is destroyed in the process. But they kind of play it like it's a uh, like a sacrificial friendship thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, Superman returns and leaves Clark Kent behind. He like abandons all of his humanity, um, but apparently is suddenly at the end of the movie in a mysteriously in a relationship with Lois Lane. By at the end, and he he wasn't at the beginning, so that that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, just she was rumored Sandra to have Bullock been there at the end when you need to yeah sell something she, out. She would have she was rumored to have been played by Sandra Bullock. By the way, mm-hmm. um, they, they got really far into pre production on this one, uh, but Batman and Robin tanked. Warner's started cutting funds, and Burton left. And Nick Cage whined about it for years and said he oh, hoped he could find somebody who would fin- do the movie and blah, blah, blah. That script yeah, is no also floating about online. By the time it was over. Yeah. But what was weird had- is apparently they, they do. They take, like the, they take the one thing that's, that Kevin Smith didn't write in that script and they added it in. They took um, something from a different Kevin Smith movie. The Superman and Lois can't have children situation. The conversation, mm-hmm. the... Uh, the uh, Whatever it was, the 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 conversation about why Superman and Lois could never have children from Mallrats, and they right. stuck it in this movie. Kevin Smith had left that out of his take; he never even brought it up, apparently. But right, and it really does sound like someone saw Mallrats, thought, "Well, that'd be an interesting take on Superman." Hi, that guy. He comes in. Mm-hmm. That guy comes in and writes an entire script that has nothing to do with the one thing he hired him for. And as soon as he pushes that guy out the door, he puts in the one damn thing he wanted. Yeah, um, he's like, "Damn it, Smith! All we wanted was." <laughs> The Man of Steel Coital Debate. We wanted the Man of Steel Coital Debate. That's all we wanted. Right. He just wanted to rewrite the Mallrat scene with less cussing and put it on. Yeah. Now, okay. So this, we're we're in a situation here where we are about to prove to you that (laughs) Superman lives, either Kevin Smith or Tim Burton's version, was actually 
for the most part on the right track because then we get jj abrams superman flyby right. which when you when you look at some of the just the base uh ideas that were being tossed around it, i don't know it it does feel a little abrams it it's like a superman inspired acid trip yeah now this is a script i read i actually read it years ago when it first leaked mm-hmm. um I was there for the backlash. I was on Ain't It By the Cool way, this News watching that. None other than Henry Cavill, right? Um, he, well, they never, they probably not. He did screen test. Henry Cavill did screen test for Superman for this movie because the um, man looks like Superman. What Brett Ratner was going to direct, um, and he wanted either Josh Hartnett or Jude Law to be Superman, but neither one of them wanted to commit to the. Uh, they neither one of them wanted to commit to it to the all the sequels because this was the first of a trilogy. Um, that Matt Bomber done that. Actually, both of them probably wish they'd done it. But Matt Bomber was was considered. Tom Welling from Smallville was was considered. He was already on Smallville at the time. Mm-hmm. Paul Walker was considered. Um, this thing went through a lot of different iterations. Brett Ratner was, had left the production at some point and was replaced with McGee, and then he left. Um, it was written by J.J. Abrams. It was the first in a trilogy. They denied Abrams the, the right to direct the movie because he was untested at the time. Mm-hmm. This thing is crazy as hell. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Krypton, uh, Krypton is not destroyed. Never mm-hmm. destroyed. Is taken over. Like In this version, Jor-El is like, the king of Krypton. Sure. And <clears throat> like is t- overtaken by like opposing forces and i mean they've got like wars with cousins like there's like a civil war and shit like it's sure. really weird it's really weird so like we have like a moses situation where like Jorel like sends kal-el to earth to get get so he won't get killed basically mm-hmm. and Jorel goes into hiding uh which uh, of course a bunch of kryptonians end up coming to earth and unleashing doomsday or whatever um christopher reeve not Christopher Reeve. God, what am I thinking? Um, I don't know. Of better times anyway, and places? Never mind that. Um, Jimmy Olsen was apparently gay, and there were par- apparently a lot of like disparaging gay jokes in the script. Like, mm-hmm. And I do remember it. I do remember reading those and going, okay, well, okay. Why, why are we doing gay bashing in a Superman film? Yeah, which it, it mostly made sense, but they had written Perry White as a really homophobic asshole. And he was the one doing all the gay bashing, and then you have Jimmy Olsen being like, he's an asshole. Okay. Which is an actual um, response to being bashed. Now, you know, right right at the beginning, though, it describes all of these um, martial arts that the Kryptonians know, and they have, it, they're doing like, this is like Matrix shit while they're in the sky. And even Superman somehow knows martial arts. He's, he's a... He's like a kung fu master or some shit. It's really weird. Codex, um, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. So Lex Luthor. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, Chris Reeve was. He was hired as a consultant. I forgot oh, he didn't that's die. You that's where he got. It. <laughs> I forgot he didn't die when he fell off the thing, off the horse. That's, you know. And I thought I was like, no, acceptable. wait, he was dead. And then I was like, wait, no, he was in a wheelchair for like twenty years. That's yeah. He yeah, was hired oh. as a consultant. Like I was like, how did I read that and put that down in my notes? I, but yeah, I don't know. Lex Luthor. Here was the fun thing about Lex Luthor, and it was awful. Um, he was a UFO nut, CIA agent. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, it's revealed that he's like literally Superman's brother, and he's Kryptonian. They made him Mulder. They made him Mulder, who winds up being Kryptonian. Right. Now there was, yeah. there were lots of weird things in the script. Uh, there's actually a rundown that I'll post. It was an Abram. Uh, sorry, it was a uh, it was a review from uh, the SupermanHomepage.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will post a link to that, and they pretty much hit the nail on the head for the most part. Um, there's like a weird Ma Kent rape scene where like freaking Clark like almost kills the dude who was trying to rape her it was like the landlord or something like it was just real weird real weird stuff like there, there's a super poop joke mentioning the words ma kent rape scene i i may never get an erection again i i know those are not words that are supposed to go together i feel dirty. i know i feel dirty even having thought about it 
But and you know, but they did a super poop. Apparently, he his poop smells worse because he's Superman. This well, this is a thing that almost happened, people. This this actually showed up. This actually showed up. And if ever in your life you you look at the later seasons of Fringe and you or you look at the later seasons of Lost and you think this could have been so much better if J.J. Abrams was involved, remember Super Poop <laughs> and Ma Kent Rape. Think That's to yourself, what I want you to remember. Bad robot. Bad robot. Right. Terrible robot. Terrible, terrible, <laughs> ill-conceived robot. <laughs> he actually probably would have been a lot better if he had let whatever that fucking robot is write that script. I, well, that may have been how this happened. Yeah. Again, where I get back to yeah. like, I think there's a, people just have algorithms they've devised and they throw in a bunch of kitsch words and see what comes out. And it came out super poop. Right, right. Because Warner apparently Brothers there just really is him. no God. Oh... So yeah, there there were there there are a lot of weird egregious things in this script, and if you can't find a copy of the script, at least go read this rundown, or just spare it, yourself entirely crazy. and forget that you've ever heard anything about the words Superman flyby. Yeah, why would you call it that? That's such a dumb name. That's, <laughs> that's such a dumb name. Because that's the amount of editorial revision that was done before someone admitted these ideas. Right, right. He Abrams did through it. Thumb through Abrams. it at lunch before a one o'clock meeting. That's what he did. Abrams did. He came out and he defended himself. He was like, "Well, that, what was leaked was the first draft, and then like a separate draft later on, like a heavily revised draft, was was leaked. And apparently, no, it was it it was like like all the bits that everyone hated were still in there. He doubled down. <laughs> I'm sure. No, no, sir. You do not come out and apologize for this. I want pure contrition. You, no. Which people always ask me why I had a problem with J.J. Abrams rebooting Star Trek because you. Did. I, you remembered well, Mockant rape scene and thought, I, you know, I don't want Scotty to get plunged. I mean, I haven't had the best experience with Mr. Abrams. Um, I watched Felicity, and yeah, it was an awful little teenage drama, but um, the last five episodes involved time travel suddenly and inexplicably and don't make any damn sense. Mm-mm. And J.J. Abrams was all over that. It, it, I, what I, what I understand about that is he got to the last few episodes and kind of realized no one can stop me now. <laughs> like it's well, it's what I imagine goes through a president's head in the last like two months of his of his uh, term is well what are you gonna do impeach me takes longer than that to tre- get that started fuck it I'm doing whatever I want. Yeah, well, I mean, they had already filmed on Felicity. They had already filmed all their episode order, and they had they had filmed the final episode. Felicity graduates from college, and she and Ben wind up together, and they go off, and la 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 la. Mm-hmm. And then the network kind of went, oh, man, we, we screwed up. I mean, you guys have been doing pretty good in, in the ratings this season, but we've got like five weeks that we don't have anything on the schedule for. So could you go ahead and make like five more episodes? Kind of pop out five more of those. No. And so they kind of have to like go back and rewrite that happy ending and be like, and then Ben cheats on her. So she takes a mystical drug that sends her back in time and relives the year in a different way. No part of it made sense. It no. was awful, but yeah. apparently, from what I understand, J.J. Abrams was really excited about that. <laughs> Just like, time travel! <sighs> anyway. He, he frightens me. He frightens me. And I did. I watched Fringe straight through. <laughs> well, I mean, he only had something to do with, like, what, the pilot? No, I think, I, don't know, I forget the details on that, but. Yeah, yeah, he, he was like, he, he wrote, like, the pilot, and then uh, the EPs for the show were reboard, uh, Bob Orsi and uh, Kurtzman. Kurtzman Kurt and Orsi, the guys who wrote the last, the, last, the first two Star Trek movies of his. And mm-hmm. then, like, of course, they got too busy writing, so they moved it on over to a couple other guys. And then they got busy, and they moved it on. The showrunners changed on, on, on Fringe, I think, every year. Yeah. By the last season, the janitor was clearly writing. Clearly writing. Um, so, of course, instead of Superman flyby, we wound up getting Brian Singer's Superman Returns and... Even though there was a disappointing box office, um, they were going to do a sequel. It was going to be called Man of Steel, mm-hmm. uh, and it would have it would have had Darkseid as the villain, <clears throat> which I mean, was kind of confusing because I thought it would for sure have something to do with mm-hmm. that super kid that he sired. But whatever, um, probably that. But at least if it's Darkseid, he's probably going to have to punch something at some point. Yeah, but hey. Um, Thankfully, there was a writer's strike. Oh, oh, 
thankfully there was a writer strike and the Brandon Ralph contract destroyed was up so and, many shows that I love. Yeah, yeah, but hey, it spared us Brian Singer's Man of Steel. Uh, I know by the but by the time I they got back around phases. to that. Anyway, yeah, well, I miss heroes being good. What, what the hell do you want, <laughs> <Right>. man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So apparently, and I do. I remember this. Uh, I remember this coming out. Um, this this news leaking, and thankfully it went nowhere. There was apparently going to be a Jack Black Green Lantern movie. The mm-hmm. idea was to take Green Lantern, turn him into a comedy adventure vehicle. Mm-hmm. Jack Black would have been producing Looney Tunes type projections from his power ring. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I, that's all the news we have on that, because yeah. nothing ever happened with that. There's, which uh, is my proof that there is a god. Right. On the whole, <laughs> on the whole, WB, we've. I feel like if we were keeping points, and they started at a hundred at the beginning of this conversation, uh, you know, they're somewhere in the forties, maybe by now. Mm-hmm. If we're just taking off points for every bad decision. This right. gets them into the sixties. This gets them back into the sixties not doing that movie. Man, I mean what's weird is like right before that, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they had a cartoon. It was a Looney Tunes cartoon mm-hmm. and it was a it was a takeoff. It was a weekly it was a weekly show. It would, it was a takeoff on some of the old cartoons, the old Daffy Duck cartoons, the duck dodgers of the twenty first and a half century or whatever it was, twenty fourth and a half century. Gotcha. And they actually they had a uh, it was like Daffy Duck as a superhero running around in space. And in one of the episodes they did a mock crossover with Justice League and Daffy Duck joins the Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> And I feel like an executive was watching TV with his kid one night and saw that and went, oh, that's what we can do with Green Lantern. And then turns to someone or gets on the phone with someone and asks them, has Jack has Jack Black signed on for Nacho Libre yet? Okay, good. We can still use him. This was not that long ago. Was it not? Either. It was I really it was... not that long ago. I, I, I remember... I just... I, I, I don't know. I just assumed it would have been before that period, like when Jack Black was kind of peaking a little bit, shallow howler area. No, this was definitely after that. Scoot Jack Black rock. had, well, come and gone as as far as I'm concerned. He's come and gone yeah. a few times. Yeah, he's uh, a resilient bastard. That one. He is. Hell of a singer. Um, yeah. Did Did you see him on Jimmy Fallon the other night? They were doing a ext- uh, cover of a, the of More Than Words by Extreme. Like Fallon and Jack Black were doing it. They actually. Kind of knocked it out of the park. I believe it. <laughs> um, no, I, so I didn't watch it because I got I saw that title somewhere, got the song stuck in my head, and hated Jimmy Fallon for the rest of the day. That's fair. That's that's how um, that went. Oddly enough, I, I wound up watching that video, and I was in real danger of having more than words stuck in my head. And then I I saw uh, I saw Sugar by by uh, <laughs> System of a Down and the related notes, and wound up watching that so I, I got sugar stuck in my head for the next day you poor thing i know anyway so on to green arrow escape from supermax this was uh this was gonna involve green arrow being thrown into a supermax prison facility where he'd have to fight <coughs> his way out um as like the beginning of the movie he's thrown into this prison he has to fight his way out it's like mm-hmm. arkham asylum and well, that's how I heard it described him. It was like the Arkham Asylum game, but with Arrow and on film. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's do that. Yeah. In fact, if this isn't on the table still, Je- wherever Jeff Johns is, hopefully he remembers the idea and has mentioned it to Berlanti. Well, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's, let's pull back because this was a David Goyer script. A David Goyer joint. Yeah. And he claimed that he had the Riddler, Lex Luthor, and Joker cameos lined up. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was going to be a there were going to be A, B, and C list villains there. Um, He's going to run and, into the five five eyed man or something, or the five fingered man, whatever his name was. And and then just nobody gave a damn, so they just stopped talking about it. Because hmm. I, you know, you take out the Goyeriness, um, and I I can I can imagine. Stephen Amell running around a prison trying to get out. Uh, yeah. And I imagine I would watch it. I can also imagine, say, for instance, Diggle secretly getting a security guard job so it could help. Right. Felicity hacking most of the systems over there at a certain time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, let's say Flash undoing a couple of locks at a at an opportune moment. I hate to say it, but I think you killed course, this Firestorm, project for me. You know, pretty much destroying an entire wing to create a distraction. I, I really hate to say it, but I think you've killed this movie for me. Why? I don't know, but there's just so much about it that just maybe it's just all the arrow elements. I don't, I don't know. know. I'd love to see it in the area. No, it, I know what it is. I know what it is, and it's it's your it's your your scarring. It's your this is your um, emotional abuse showing because you've seen mm-hmm. the word Goyer. And you're not, you're not crossing yeah. this bridge, no matter what. I mean, you know. I'm not saying I blame you. Some wounds can't be healed. I get it. <laughs> I watched The Dark Knight Rises too. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, that I think that's, that does it for us on, on all of these movies. Uh, what, what do you think would be, what are your top five? What would you like to see? The if you could five, choose five of these. If I, could, if I could just grab five that I think. I should have happened. Just should have happened. Um, or even that I, I wish had just been produced, period. Because I'll take Bill Murray Batman. Mm-hmm. I'll take my chances that that's the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. Because yeah. there's a chance that it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pulling that one out. I'm pulling out Batman Triumphant. Or Batman, what did he actually name it? Unchained. Oh, Unchained, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pull that one out of the hat and let it go ahead. Should have uh, been called Batman Unnipped. <laughs> right. But. I'm going to let that one go romp around. Uh, probably Whedon's Batman, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, I gotta say, I, I, I'm i gonna concur with you, though, that if Goyer was in charge of Green Arrow Escape from Supermax, I'll pass. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's the least interesting one on the entire list, I think. I think it'd make a fine movie, but more than, more importantly, what it reminds, I just, I think it'd make a fine, like, two-part episode of, like, make that the crossover episode in season four of Arrow. Yeah, I mean, they could. Give me a two-parter. I'll be fine. They could. Like, it somehow he gets thrown into jail. He's helping Flash on Tuesday night. Somehow that gets him in jail. And Wednesday night, they all have to go help him out. Okay. Yeah. Um, What else would we have here? We're done with the Schumacher stuff, because he gets, he gets unchained, and then that's it. He's only mm-hmm. earned that. Mm-hmm. I, I might. I might have wanted to see that um, uh, poorly named Dark Knight. Dark Knight, I suppose. Uh, 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 um. Uh, uh. Just because yeah. that would be a fun version of the Scarecrow, and I still want to see what it mean, what they mean by his sense of touch is off, so it tightened his other senses, and it made him a living. I, I don't get a feel, and it, it gets any deeper than that, man. I part of me just wants to know what the <laughs> fuck they're talking about, and I I want to see an analgesic Scarecrow anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Then number five gets kind of kind of hard, kind of hard to do. I might just have to pitch in wildly um, that I would like to see one of the Green Lantern sequels. Yeah. Um, for me, I um I wouldn't want to see the Green Lantern sequels unless they were actually going to go along with that line and do Justice League and all of that uh, with Ryan Reynolds in in the role. I understand. Um, he could still come back and it made me happy. If I really had, if I had to pick any of like five out of this list, mm-hmm. I'm going with Kevin Smith's Superman Lives, which you know I'll take as Tim Burton's Superman Lives as well. Like I would love to see what Kevin Smith would have done with it, and and Tim Burton's Superman Lives. Now, I just I, I've always kind of wanted to see a Tim Burton without studio edits, or do you want to actually see the uh, the what is it now? I can't even remember how those words go together. Well, I can read Alien the script. Space Dog. Yeah, I can read Kevin Smith's script, but mm-hmm. I actually want to see like that was kind of part of what became Tim Burton's Superman Lives. They 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 copied a lot of the story over. So mm-hmm. I would I guess I'll choose that as one Superman Lives just Except in general. The, like that what that would have ended up in up. Uh, Wild Wild West, did he not? Yeah. And if you listen to, to to Kevin Smith, Kevin would say that. I mean, he he did say, and uh, in their Man of Steel review, that uh, the polar bears made it in. Like the the world engine looked a whole hell of a lot like a giant spider. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. That looks spiderish. Um, but yeah, I want to see Superman lives. Uh, as directed as would have been directed by uh by Tim Burton. I want to I want to see Christopher Off Walken the Craniac. Well, I mean, it barely Smith script um at that point. Yeah, yeah. I actually would I would I would love to see the bat, the the Bill Murray Batman. I want to see the Joss Whedon Batman. Of course. Um I want to see that little kid say, you know, it's okay, I can stop them and realize it. I that I, I oh, that's again, yeah. that's $10 I wish I didn't have. Yeah. Um I I would have loved to have seen uh, Wolfgang Peterson's Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
You're right. I might give I'm, uh, I might give up my Green Lantern sequel for that. I uh, definitely Green sequel you're doing. Like screw Green Lantern sequel, man. <laughs> if if that's the choice I've got to make, that's that's it. No, give me um, the Coast City story and everything, and I'll I'll I'll, may, I'll consider it. No, I'm tempted. Like I'm torn, and because I kind of want to, I do. I really do. I want to see Batman Unchained. I would want to see all those villains show up again. Yeah, um, I'd like to see those stories combined. It pissed me off to the end of time that they'd recast Batman in the middle of it, but uh, you know, yeah, so much we but, can do about I that. Mean, but at the same time, I really would have loved to see Schumacher's Dark Knight because if you look at the Dark Knight, like there are certain. I mean, his Dark Knight Returns. Shit. Yeah, Dark Knight Returns. Um, I mean, if you look at certain scenes in Dark Knight Returns, like that shit ain't nothing but neon. You <laughs> could have made a case that that's where he was heading the entire time. Like slowly, we're getting more eighties and eighties and like like bad, you know, bad eighties. It's a redundant uh, you know, term. Design. No, no, I don't think so. Very because little of the there, aesthetic that was established in the eighties is worth remembering it well at this point is fun but everyone, everyone looked very tacky for those those years yeah what's weird though is you look back like you, you say that in the 90s and you're like oh god everybody's so tacky and then now like people are looking back on the 90s going like oh what were we doing why are we well, wearing all we, that flannel we were recovering from the 80s that, i never got crazy. past the flannel i <laughs> <laughs> i'm perpetually stuck in the grunge look um, sorry the flannel is comfortable what do you want me to tell you the flannel is comfortable and that's about the, the beginning and end of that argument like the flannel is comfortable period move on would you like a blue I or have, red one uh, cool i have no place in in my life for high-rise jeans <laughs> anyway uh, get you some um, double barrel jucos baby yeah i mean if i had to pick like i do i kind of want i really want to see that fifth batman movie but i also want to see that dark knight returns i want to see clint eastwood as as the bat um, God, I really do. Yeah. Now, uh, all right. Now, which which one of these are you most thankful you'll never get to see? Oh well, I mean, if I let's if take I'm Jack Black question, off the table. You are. If I'm, okay, let's take Jack Black off the table. Well, I'm gonna take it off the table because I would have never seen that. I don't care. <laughs> I'm doing the pot. I'm doing the podcast same as I would have, and we would be bringing that up at some point, and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I forgot I've that was a thing. Never seen it. And then moving on, I'd never see it. That really, Due diligence it's, it's that dark aside. spot that, uh, you know, all the time we're talking about the animated stuff, it, it's always, oh yeah, and Mystery of a Batwin, Bat, Batwoman, just shh, shh, don't, shh, yeah. don't, don't, ignore that one, ignore that one. Um, yeah, uh, you want to do the five we're, le- we're most happy we didn't have to see? I could stick with just one, because a lot of these are, are that, was, that was the <laughs> point of this, is the WB failed us. Yeah. Um, but which one did they yeah. save us from? I gotta say, flyby. Flyby, really? I gotta say, flyby. If you if you told me every one of these movies was available, and I'm going to have to sit down and Clockwork Orange style watch them, and I was mm-hmm. allowed to be reprieved of one of them, I'd pick flyby. Hmm. Hmm. It's gonna be a tough call for me, man. I mean, I, even though it's on my other list, I'm gonna have to I'd probably say Superman Lives. Yeah, or Superman flyby. Bill Murray, though, because there's at least the chance that that would have ruined both Batman and Bill Murray for you. That is impossible. I think it's impossible, but we'll never know. No, no, yeah, no. I, I don't care how bad that movie is. Look, Batman and Robin didn't ruin George Clooney for me. Like I look at well, like George I, Clooney I've for seen... me didn't require ruining. I was already pretty much off that train. Why? George I don't Clooney's know. He's a really good actor. He had sure. the burden. when He's when they. Been announced george clooney as batman i was over the moon <laughs> i i watched er you had seen I, er you'd seen i'd things. see i i he had like i was looking like you know what doug is a he's a smooth talker he is i could easily see him being bruce wayne but at mm-hmm. the same time that character had like a darkness to him like there's a, a shot where like uh, juliana margulies goes up to the roof and doug is on the roof and it's like snowing and it's night and he just turns around and he glares at her and i was like that's the bat that's the bat <laughs> oh <laughs> i've seen george Clooney do some very dark stuff and then and batman then and robin came out on him. and they put nipples on him and had him go hi freeze i'm batman and i was like oh man they they, oh, they, and they even gave him man. that damnable credit card 
Yeah. How do you not walk off the set when someone hands you that prop? Unless you're Adam West, I don't see how you don't. Like, and Adam West is it, he's a superlative being, is what he is. He can pull that off, and I'm fine. But yeah, no, yeah, no. Um, yeah, Superman flyby. That was, I think, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that one too. Because I, I would, I am more interested because I was an old school Tim Burton fan. Like I liked Tim Burton up until about the uh, up until about the point he did uh, Planet of the Apes, and then uh, now I've just fallen off. Everything I've seen him do, almost almost everything I've seen him do since then, has been utter shit. I haven't watched um, him in years. I just I can't watch him put Johnny Depp in any more makeup in my lifetime. I've hit that quota. I, I did. I did kind of like. Uh, I didn't know I had um, that quota, and then it was suddenly there, and I realized, oh no, I've seen this before. I did kind of like Sweeney Todd, but eh, man, well, because it was a musical, and at yeah, least but then. it was does a pretty good job with musicals. I yeah, but uh, you know I. I just haven't really cared for Tim Burton since Planet of the Apes, and uh, but back in the day, I was uh, I was all all about Tim Burton, and what brought me to that was one Batman, and mm-hmm. two the Beetlejuice cartoon. Because about the time I was into the Beetlejuice cartoon, I kind of turned around and there was Batman, mm-hmm. and I'm getting like the trading cards and stuff as a kid, and I'm looking and they're like, "Here's director Tim Burton," and then it like has little parentheses, you know, and it says. Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, and I was like, "What?" Mm. I don't think it said Edward Scissorhands. That that came later, but it was like Beetlejuice, and I was like, "What?" And then it had Michael Keaton listed there, there with Batman, and you know, Michael Keaton, Beetlejuice. I was like, "What?" (laughs) And your tiny little heart was inspired. So you know, from I mean, I. I loved Edward Scissorhands. I loved, you know, Beetlejuice and mm-hmm. and The Nightmare Before Christmas is still one of my favorite movies. So of course, of course, I kind of really want to see a Superman lives, even if he did. The bastard, give me <sighs> Batman. Re- Batman Returns. Oh man, what a what a terrible terrible jaunt that was. Well, uh, as we as we've um, discovered several times during this conversation. It- the studio is it, it. You start losing control of that franchise. Some well, no, that's pretty early on in the process. No, no, no. That's why they started doing that. Like they had kind of had tight reins on him during Batman, um, but pretty much gave him what he wanted. Then Batman was such a success, they let him do whatever the hell he wanted for Batman Returns. And okay, so it was after that a, one where he started to really lose, yeah. lose his reins a little bit. So then we're yeah. back to my fuck McDonald's argument. Uh-huh. Uh, like this Warner is, Brothers this is my just... standing theory, is that McDonald's was one of the first dominoes that fell. Like those damnable Happy Meals. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> that's where that's where the dominoes started falling. And we get to the Batman and Robin era, and we're just... We almost didn't make it, man. We're in a world yeah. where I'm about to go watch Ant-Man in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Ant fucking man. I, that way, I think that's a different movie you just said. No, I, that is an entirely I, different movie, probably. I don't think that movie is being released. No, if it well, is, it is straight to DVD, probably. There are definitely going to be some parents complaining about that. <laughs> if there's a mix-up at the projector booth, yeah, there's going to be a real problem. <laughs> or, well, I say projector booth. What I mean now is apparently copy of Window XP. You hang yeah, out that's a weird in the thing theater, and that's what you see. That's a weird thing for me. Yeah, and they never update their ActiveX. They never update it. <laughs> They never act. <laughs> Every theater I've been in, I've seen that too. Is, I've seen that too. Is way out of date. <laughs> As is at ActiveX, right? Um, just what? It's really still okay. Yeah. Um, that's gonna do it for us this week on DC on screen. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Google Plus, Facebook, or DC on screen dot com. If you're looking for, by happenstance, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in a similar vein as as what we're doing here, go check out the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can find us there too, by the way. I didn't mention that this time, oddly enough. Matt Carroll and and Jeff Randall cover all the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe news, and uh, they have reviews, and they're a couple of funny guys. So go check them out. They're friends of ours. Uh, thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, go give us some some good ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. We, we would really appreciate it. Really helps us out. Join us next week when we're uh, we're doing a little review for Batman 
the Brave and the Bold, a fantastic animated series by, in, in its own right. We'll see you next week. Take it easy. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.